0: Hey, Craig.
1: Jeff, you know we were hoping for five and zero week after we, when we recorded our last podcast. Yeah, and sure enough, we got ourselves a five and zero week oh. from the women's and men's basketball teams. Yeah, um, we did. Super incredible, but there was also another important thing that happened today, um, and that's why we pushed back our recording today. It was signing yeah. day, so Woo. welcome to podcast versus everyone. Uh, I am Craig Powers. With me, as always, is Jeff Neusser. This is episode 157, 2022 actual signing day episode. Um, so what we're going to do, we're, we're going to talk about the class. Probably not going to talk about each guy individually, because if you listen to this podcast, we've talked to them, at, talk about them as they've committed, mostly. <laughs> and um, And we
0: all, I mean, we readily admit we don't know that much about most of these guys we're not we're not scouts i'm the guy who uh famously said that marquise wilson needed a red shirt and clearly was not ready to immediately contribute uh at which time he then went on to become the most productive freshman wide receiver in school history and uh and i ended up looking like an idiot which is not i mean that's not unusual but i also sort of learned my lesson that uh, i am not a scout and uh, i will not be making bold predictions about who will and will not play um, but we can speak, we can speak to like, you know, larger stuff.
1: Yeah. We can speak to trends and all that. So, um, they actually pulled together at, tw- uh, at this point, a, a 23, uh, man class. Uh, um, yeah. so they, they added quite a bit from the early signing period where I think they were at eight.
0: Quite a bit uh, in the last
1: week. In the last week, <laughs> in the last couple weeks, really. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and so uh, a lot of the high school um, commits came in the last couple weeks. Um, and then, you know, any everyone that had commitments from signed today, which is not honestly that common. I can't remember a signing day where that happened. Like usually there's at least one or two guys that don't actually sign. But, you know, maybe the nature of the guy that they were getting at this point, WSU was almost certainly their best offer. Um, so, uh, there wasn't a lot of drama, uh, in that regard. Um, so Jeff, now that we have, so let's talk a little bit about these, uh, national rankings and, and PAC 12 rankings. Um, so, uh, from a, just, uh, if you're just talking about the high school recruits, WSU, um, currently ranks ninth. Uh, Out of 12, uh, if you look at overall, when you're including the transfers, uh, they're in ninth as well. Um, But the big difference is, uh, you know, I I think there's the only school that they actually, when you look at all all the classes, all 12, the only school that they have, Uh, a higher uh, actually they don't have a higher rating than higher average rating than any of them um nope and so so jeff with you know arizona state only has 18 commits they're below us usc is only you know as they're at 21 uh washington's at 15 they're below us so the three three schools below us are arizona state 18 washington state 15 oregon state 16. we know that quantity is always factored in into these recruiting class rankings uh do you see wsu holding kind of a ninth ranking or is it possible that uh, you know UW, oregon state even arizona state are not done because i mean honestly if you look at you know UW is already brought in a couple four stars arizona state's got a couple four stars of course some there could be some coaching stuff with arizona state that could um still torpedo their class but um, do you, where do you think they're ending up?
0: Yeah. You know, I think that, so first off, you know, the guys that they've added in the last couple of weeks, uh, as you mentioned, are guys that, uh, you know, they, they just, they don't have, they don't have better options, right? So, um, these are guys being added by Wazoo who, you know, we, we're their only Power Five offer. Um, so, you know, not surprising that that they're committing. Um, the staff is, the coaching staff is, seem to take a little bit of a, like a perspective on this, like, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna fill it out with bodies, you know, people that we like, people that we think, you know, have some potential, people that we know really well. The the majority of the guys who have committed in the last couple of weeks are from Texas. Uh, a lot of them hold incarnate word, offers, yep. which is, you know, not a, not a stunner considering, uh, you know, our new offensive coordinator came from, uh, incarnate word. And, and he's obviously got a little bit of equity on that front, you know, cause you know, Cameron Ward, you know, turned out to be pretty awesome. So, uh, you know, maybe they are just really good at identifying talent. Um, you know, so rather than doing what, you know, Arizona state, Washington, Oregon state seem to be doing, which is kind of waiting slow playing a little bit, you know, not taking the max number of guys, and you know, I, I would assume kind of keeping an eye on the, you know, the transfer portal and trying to get transfer guys. You know, WCU was pretty aggressive at adding, you know, low end three star guys to fill out the class, and um, you know, I don't know that I can I can fault that. I mean, I I think there's a pretty good chance this class ends up at the bottom of the Pac-12 when all is said and done. Uh, at least in terms of like they're already at the bottom in terms of average rating um, they're the only one that's under, you know, 85, uh, by 24 sevens, you know, composite metrics. So, uh, so they they are, they are a full uh, three quarters of a point behind, I think Colorado's the next lowest. Yep. Um, and that's actually quite a bit. Um, that's, that's actually a big, big amount. So, um, you know, they're quite a ways behind, but you know, they've obviously gone for some quantity here. They've, um, taken some flyers on some people. They've, Um, They've got, I think, four or five guys that they're planning on switching positions from high school. Um, So they're just, they they just seem to be kind of saying, look, you know, let's, let's take some flyers on some guys. Let's uh, try and, you know, find some diamonds here, maybe switch some positions on some guys, kind of see how that works out. Um, You know, we've kind of talked about this before, you know, you can, you can sustain one, you know, pretty so-so recruiting class. Like that's not that, you know, programs have, you know, one bad year all the time Um, you know, who knows? I mean, I'm not saying this has to be a bad year, but you know, by the metrics and you know, these, these, uh, 24 seven guys, you know, tend to know what they're talking about. Uh, you know, it's not a great, it's not a highly thought of group of kids. Uh, okay, fine. You know, if you have one of those, it's not the end of the world. It's when you start stacking two, three of them, then all of a sudden things get pretty dicey. Um, so, you know, there's nothing here that really worries me too much. I think there's, like I said, a pretty good chance they drop to the bottom. Once Arizona state, Washington, Oregon state get there, you know, the rest of their class filled out. Um, but you know, again, that doesn't, that doesn't super concern me. I think they've got enough guys in there and, um, you know, particularly the transfers, I think, uh, especially the, you know, obviously camera ward, but then the two defensive guys from Nevada, um, you know, Lee and Henley, I think are both immediate starters. And then, Uh, Milani, I think is fine. I I don't know if he's an impact guy coming from Virginia, but I think he's fine. Uh, so, you know, they're just, it seems like they're just kind of throwing a lot of bodies to the pile and trying to figure out what, you know, maybe some of those guys can contribute. And, And you know, I think it helps with
1: Milani too, as he's younger. So it's not, yes. Yeah. He's got three years of eligibility
0: left. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, it doesn't stress me out. It, it's not great. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, Oh, it's no problem. It's fine. Um, you know, th- these guys are great. I totally believe in this coaching staff to find, you know, 25 amazing players that are all rated lo- as low three stars. I like got, you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not buying that, but I'm also like, you know, I don't, I don't know that this is that big of a deal. If, if you worry about such things.
1: Yeah. It's, it it's, there's a lot of guys that they obviously are hoping to build into something. It, um, you don't typically, you know, like you said, guys like can surprise you, but there are not a, a lot of guys in the class that you'd expect to contribute like in, you know, big, make big contributions. You know, the guys at the top, like dollar and Schlembecker, you, know, you yep. could see those guys, obvi- you know, in terms of the high school kids, uh, you could see them, you know, them making an impact. Obviously like you said, three of the four transfers, Cameron Ward's gonna start. Probably Lee and Henley are gonna start. Yeah. Um so there there's definitely they with the transfers they definitely filled some some needs. Uh they they bow, like in fairness they it was a, it's a very balanced class. Um we got kind of used to very unbalanced classes with leach that were, you know, mostly receivers and, um, linemen. Uh, so, you know, you see, you know, a couple of running backs, couple, you know, we need running backs cause we're, we're going to go back to a system where we have two running backs on the field at the same time. Um, you know, there's linebackers, there's safeties, there's, there's defensive linemen, which we don't recruit <laughs> that often. Um, but, no. uh, uh, you know, so there, there's some balance to the class. There's there's obviously a QB in there who we've already talked about. You know, go back a couple weeks if you want to hear us talk about him. Um, but, you know, the Texas thing is what is most, you know, I it, – it's good to have, you know, an in, in in Texas. You know, if if Morris has relationships – with high school coaches in Texas, that's not a bad thing. And, no, and I can see it as a bridge either. that you wouldn't want to burn. Um, because if, if you can, you know, you can get the, you can get the kids that maybe you, if he had a shot in at a carnet word, they're probably going to go to like a, you know, an FBS school on the law, you know, like a Sunbelt or a, or, 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 a, um, a, a mountain West or something. But, You can now pull them in at WSU, but maybe if you keep those relationships going, you can go back to Texas, which Texas is a great place to recruit. Um, Yep, that's there. There's obviously there's a lot of competition there, but there's also a lot of players. You know, it's right now. It's there's a lot of competition in California, and that's where we get a bunch of our guys from. Um, You know, it's so maintaining those relationships, bringing in kids. And honestly, I mean, these kids, a lot of, you know, not necessarily all of them, but a lot of them, so there's like six, A kids and stuff. They've played against some good players. So yep. there there's a chance that, you know, it goes both ways. You know, sometimes you get, I always think of Michael Hartoon, like just playing with other guys, people, if you play well with them, you know, like Hartoon played against Kevin Love and, you know, people thought. You know or with Kevin Love was it I can't remember um, and and he kind of had a standout game so all the scouts saw him and he became like a four-star recruit but we, we know very well that he was not that so there's a the chance that you know some of these kids just get seen so much they might be elevated but there's also they might be seen so much and they don't stand out because there's so many kid talented kids at some of these Texas schools so maybe you are finding those diamonds in the rough so there's hope for that um yeah and i i never i can't remember think of a class where we had uh nine kids ten kids no i'm sorry seven kids from texas yeah um just directly from and then i mean cam ward is uh now from texas but he can't transferred from you know a texas school and and so he's from uh, texas he is from from texas Texas. yeah that's right he is from texas so a bunch of texas kids um so they better, you know, uh, uh, you know, obviously with like the, you know, some of the Hawaiian coaching staff, uh, the gray W club had, uh, had to bring in some, some different recipes, you know, some Hawaiian recipes. Now they're going to have to bring in some Texas recipes. <laughs> I, I hope There's they gonna have be a, some
0: smoked brisket. Yeah. And...
1: I hope they have a trigger or something.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some sausages, you yeah. know, they're going to be, they're going to be all about that. Yeah. The Texas thing is, is kind of wild. Like I, that was one of the things I noticed, um, you know, obviously they were bringing in a bunch of Texas kids who had connections to Morris's staff down there, incarnate word, whatever. Okay. That's fine. But then it was just sort of like, you know, and then like all, like I think five of the seven kids or eight kids who signed today were from Texas. So it was like, yeah. Oh, okay. I guess, I guess we're doing this. What What's going to be curious to me is you know, is this just a matter of circumstance or is this a thing that, uh, they, they really want to do going forward. And so like circumstance wise, like, okay, you know, you need to fill out the class. Um, you've had a coaching change, you know, who are some guys we can add to the class who we've, you know, already scouted, right. We're not, we're not starting trying to develop relationships right now. You know, who are some guys we already have relationships with that we really think could develop, you know, okay. So then those are the guys that, um, you know, that you go get. So, you know, is this circumstance or is this really legitimately like, okay, we have made and we are going to make some inroads to really land legitimate Texas talent, um, and get them up here. So I, I am curious about that. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical. I, I'm, I'm skeptical to some degree that, um, that it can be a legitimate talent pipeline for lack of a better term, right? Everybody else says pipeline. Um, just because in in Texas, so it's a little bit different than Southern California, right? So like when, when we would recruit Southern California, you know, super heavy, um, it was like, okay, so I mean, there's UCLA, there's USC, and then it's kind of like, eh, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, San Diego state's in the vicinity and and
1: Stanford and Arizona Arizona state too,
0: but you know, Cal and Stanford might as well be in another state. They're far enough away. You know, and then Arizona and Arizona State again, you know, another state. It's it's not like they're all kind of oh, right there. Jeff, do I need right to give there. you
1: a Texas geography lesson, too? Yes,
0: I mean, I know Texas is huge, <laughs> but I just mean, like, even if you just look in the, like, the Dallas-Houston area, I mean, Dallas and Houston are obviously not, like, right next to each other, but they're reasonably close. And it's like, you know, you look at what's all in that area, and, you, you know, you start going, you know, you got, um, you know, Texas is in Austin. You got Texas A&M out in, uh, you know, College Station. You got... You know, now that you got Houston is, you know, heading to the big 12, you got SMU, you got, I mean, it's just like, there are so many, and then you've still got all the sort of, you know, smaller schools, you know, you got Texas, San Antonio, you got, you know, I mean, it's just, so I just mean it like, there are so many programs, obviously I'm not talking like, you know, way out in West Texas or anything like that. But I mean, there are so many programs in that, you know, Houston and Dallas, Fort Worth area. And it's like, you know, here, you know, you look at California, you've got a few, right? And then, you know, Cal and Stanford. And then the other thing is Cal and Stanford are just kind of, they're kind of their own uh, unique entities, right? Cause it's like, you know, Stanford, they don't even really recruit California. <laughs> cause they, they sort of have to cast a bigger net for what they want to do. Uh, you know, Cal to some degree, I think is true in that way also. So anyway, that's all to say kids in Texas have a lot of options, a lot of options for what they want to do. Um, and I'm not convinced that, you know, you're going to be able to reliably get, you know, high level kids or even just those, you know, high level, but slightly under the radar kids out of Texas, the same way you might get, you know the way we used to get um, out of California. So I'm curious to see how that develops.
1: Yeah, and and I think one thing that they have to say about this class is that um, you know it's, it, uh, Dickert's only been the head coach since midway through the, the season. Yeah. Um, there wasn't many recruits committed. Nope. When when he took over. Um, this coaching staff hasn't even been fully put together until last week, um, yep. so you know they they were hired you know December on, um, so it it's uh they they haven't had a lot of time to work, um and and so it's hard to evaluate um, fully their like kind of recruiting capability based on that um but the bummer is we've now done this a couple times out of you know a, co- a couple times out of three recruiting classes right because yep. uh we just had you know we had the same thing happen with rollo where we were saying the same stuff like uh well they didn't have a lot of time to recruit well, whatever blah, blah blah of course there were a lot more guys committed from leech to rollo than there was from rollo to dickert um so it's um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, uh, we'll see what they can do, you know, in Texas, like you said, and just overall, um, going forward with, with a full year of recruiting, um, a full recruiting cycle, uh, with these kids. Um, so it, uh, it, it's, it's hard to, you know, like you said, it's, you know, you can have one off recruiting class, um, and it's honestly... Not as impactful as it uh, used to be with the transfer uh, portal. Um, It's not. It's not as you're like if you recruit this kid and he doesn't work out, he'll probably leave. And then there's going to be other kids who left their schools that you can go get. So it's it's hard to even look at these kids and see like a five year kid as much anymore and so that's another part that makes me you know like okay this is our recruiting class um but yeah like how many of these kids are gonna make it to year three yep and to that point (laughs) we uh as of today just had a promising freshman wide receiver enter the transfer portal
0: that no such a bummer
1: so jo- joey Hobert, uh uh son of uh, famous billy joe Hobert, uh, formerly at apologist coog on twitter which is now longer a twitter account yeah,
0: apparently no uh, longer active
1: yeah uh so joey Hobert is entering the transfer portal which is uh a, another hit to uh, a position that has taken quite a few hits in the last couple years um And he seemed like he was really going to be, uh, I would say, like a 40 to 50 catch guy next year, honestly. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's, yeah, it's, you know, we know the air raid uses lots of receivers. You know, two guys will rotate through at all positions. I I, I assume Eric Morris does the same thing. So presumably there were going to be, even if you figure the fact Renard Bell's coming back, uh, Lincoln Victor you know, had a hell of a season. So, you, you know, you assume those are probably your two starters, uh, but you know, you figure Hobert's going to get lots of, lots of catches. So, you know, I can only assume this has to do with something other than, you know, uh, who's catching the ball. Cause it's not like we have brought in, uh, you know, wide receiver transfers who are going to take away, you know, potentially take away snaps. I mean, that's the one thing, you know, when you were talking about the class overall, Wide receiver is the position that's, like, glaringly not there. There are two guys in the class who are uh, who have been evaluated as wide receivers, but they're not going to play wide receiver at Wazoo. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so there are right now zero guys in the class slated for wide receiver, which is, you know, again, very odd, uh, you know, especially as we were talking about, you know, what, what Mike Leach used to do. So, you know, we can assume that they're going to bring guys in, but there there's nobody there that would make you think, Oh wow. You know, Hobart, you know, thinks he's getting squeezed. So I can only assume that it's, it's related to, uh, something that's not necessarily on field. And, you know, I don't know, somebody, somebody in our Slack said, you know, maybe he's, I think it was Nate, you know, maybe he's tired of the snow, like it's entire. I don't know, man. He lived his whole life in California. I, who knows? I have no idea. You yeah. know, it, it, it could be any of that. So
1: Yeah. And obviously, you know, when coaching staffs change, his offensive coach, offensive coaches are completely gone. Um, so, you know, that, that could have an impact. Um, you know, we've had some guys already leave, uh, uh, since the staff changed over. So, uh, maybe some guys just take longer to think about it. You know, maybe they, maybe they, they meet the coaches, they, they look at the, you know, what they're going to do and they don't, They're just like this is not for me, Um, so yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, He looked, you know, he looked like he was going to be a good player. He looked explosive, man. Yeah, I. There was explosion there, you know, that touchdown against Oregon State in particular. You think about, um, yeah, it. it, He looked like he could be a very good inside receiver um, in the air raid in particular just looked like that fucking mold, man. (laughs) That that inside receiver air raid mold. Yeah. God, you just, uh, like,
0: you picture him running that River Craycraft Y-Cross, you know, just all day long, you know, catching that pass in stride, you know, heading upfield and across, and you're just like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, so I I don't know. I mean, it doesn't – I'm not worried about it, but I'm also like, yeah, it's a bummer.
1: Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, they're going to have to – you know – as you, you know, you mentioned last week. I think it was last week. They can actually take more than twenty-five guys. They can take yep. what thirty-five guys with 32. transfers. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. So, so they've still got nine spots. They still left have nine on. spots. They can still go get transfer guys. I kind of hope they do. <laughs> um, I mean, I would
0: assume they're going to.
1: Yeah, especially you know, you know there's definitely they don't have the depth at wide receiver right now to rotate like an air raid typically does.
0: No. No, they don't. I do wonder if there's going to be like a second wave of transfers like around or after spring practice time. You know, when, okay, so, you know, everybody goes and they go into spring practice and, you know, early signees show up, transfers show up, and then there's sort of a reshuffling of, you know, of the pecking order, and then all of a sudden people – Uh, you know sort of exploring their options after that i'm i am curious at which point you know maybe or maybe they've already got you know a whole bunch of guys they've targeted who you know they're they're trying to bring in as we speak i i don't know i but like i said i i kind of tend to think like you know none of us really knows like what how this is all how it's all going to play out because even though obviously people have been transferring forever and the portal's been a thing for you know a few years it's still like we you know it's the first time of uh, you know really the first time of guys you know being able to transfer without penalty of sitting out and uh you know I, I don't think we quite know the and full with, extent with of NIL of that.
1: Yep. Um as well. Yep. Um you know get to, if I don't know if there's like tampering involved, like hey if you I mean there's obviously gonna happen, but if you come on over to our place we we're offering this. Um but yeah. it's it's gonna be interesting. Uh I, it, there's, you know, going into this season, it'll, I, I would like to see a few more older guys added to the roster at different positions, yes. um, to feel a little bit better about not taking a big step back. Um, but, uh, in of course it may just be a challenge because they're going to be playing a new offense and, and all that, but. Um, at least we got a guy that's ran the offense before. Uh, so it, I mean, the biggest thing, if we're looking at the recruiting class overall, is is that they got a good quarterback who can run the offense like that. That's a WSU. There is nothing more important at WSU than that. (laughs) That's like, he can run Eric Morris's air raid. We know this. Um, he is very high thought of not just by Koog fans or incarnate word fans but like just objectively all the, the the praise that i've seen on him um as a potential next level player as well um has me quite excited um you know and if you can score points you know you can and I honestly think the the defense was better than we thought they were going to be this year uh yep. I have hope that they're not going to they are going to uh be decent again and so if you can score points we can be that six to eight win team again which is which right now as in all these transitions is 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 where you yeah. kind of hope they can be with, when I'll take it with with coaches you know two ch- coaching changes in three years and uh or I'm sorry th- yeah two coaching changes in three years. Three yep. different coaches in three four years, uh, so it's so it's um, you know I I, I just can't I can't get excited or disappointed or too much either way except for the fact that I'm excited to watch Cameron Ward play um, <laughs> uh, when, when I'm talking about this recruiting class. Um, but we, so it's that's that's all that's all I am that's the deep analysis you're getting from me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I if we can ride this out to another bowl game, uh, I feel great so and i I think the you know like you said the the defense being better than we expected, I think is huge um like that's you know that was sort of the foundation of my pessimistic uh viewpoint on the year. I was just kind of like yeah, I think the offense will still be pretty good, but you know is the defense really gonna make you know that big of um, you know, that big of a step forward. And as it turned out, they made a they made a huge one. So, uh, you go, okay, well, not that they'll necessarily make that kind of a huge leap next year, but you, it makes you feel confident that the defense will, um, at least be able to maintain. Right. And so, you know, that, that sort of puts a different, um, a different spin on it and you feel like, okay, the quarterback, you know, you got your, you got your trigger, man, you got your quarterback, you know, for the offense, like, um you know i just think you feel like yeah you're in pretty good shape to you know to still be pretty good like i i don't think you can look at the roster and think that we're gonna be a lot worse like i mean you can go okay you know and obviously the big the massive question marks the offensive line like like yep. i absolutely will say that but you know everything else you go well you know okay so running back I guess like, you know, but how important is running back? It's, you know, probably less important now, um, than it was before. Okay. You know, and then you look at wide receiver and you go, well, you know, I feel great Stribling and, and Ollie, I feel good about those. I feel good about bell and, and, uh, you know, uh, Lincoln Victor, I feel great about that set of four. And then you look at the defense, you go, well, okay. Yeah. You're losing, you know, Jalen Watson and that really sucks, but you know, at the same time, you know, you've, you've, you've loaded up on transfers, you know, you're replacing your linebackers. Okay. But again, you know, you, you got a transfer and then you, um, you know, you also have, uh, you know, Travion Brown, who you feel like, all right, you know, is hopefully he's ready to finally, you know, step in and really play a lot. Um, you know, I think you just feel good about the team and you're like, yeah, you can't, it, it's not too tough to see, um, you know, how the team is at least as good as it was this year. Um, You just, you don't feel pessimistic. You don't feel like they're about to fall off a cliff, Um, you know? And so that, that's, you know, that's, that's a fun feeling, I think.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we'll, we'll really see what the staff can do in recruiting. You know, I, it's, it's a pretty, they they seem like pretty solid staff that he's put together has exceeded my expectations, but you know, we'll see what they can do in recruiting over the next year, and and obviously in these next couple months because they they could add more guys. Um, uh, you know, see how Kook's first NIL impacts things too in the transfer portal. Maybe that helps us get some guys too. So yeah, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think Jeff. Uh, just for transition's sake, uh, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and and talk hoops. Let's do it. Okay, before we talk hoops, let's talk about beer. Yeah. Um, So I'm excited. You know, I I saw your beer, uh, (laughs) like, um, and I saw it. I was actually going to text you about it, and I didn't earlier today because I saw it pop up on on one of the uh, beer uh, bars I follow. So, yeah, what are you drinking, Jeff?
0: So I am drinking a beer called Fuck 2021 as well. (laughs) <laughs> by abomination. <laughs> I loved it. So when I was I was at Rainer Growlers, you know, shopping for some beer and you know, I saw this and and actually what what sort of caught my attention was um you know the so you know, good a good can design is, you know, always always a uh, always a winner, right? Always a crowd pleaser. And so this uh, this can's got, you know, a guy, a de- you know, a skeleton sitting there and and he's got a shovel um, like he, like he, like he dug a grave or something and there's all these gravestones and one of them says, you know, 2020, uh, and then you turn a little farther, there's another gravestone that says 2021 and then you turn a little farther and that's where it says, you know, fuck 2021 as well. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta buy that. That's, uh, that's some excellent, uh, some excellent bit of marketing there. I love it. So uh, you know, I, I did buy a beer that has the F word in it and that's always a crowd pleaser. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, uh, a, beyond that, like the thing that was like, yeah, like I'm totally buying that was, you know, it's a triple dry hopped double IPA. So being, you know, triple dry hopped, you get now, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is, this has been my experience, um, tends to be a little more bitter. Um, and, and you just get, you know, like pretty intense hop flavors. And that is, like, right up my alley. And uh, and this beer did not disappoint. It's delicious. So, yeah, I'm so, loving it.
1: So, I don't mean to well-actually, though, but I'm going to. Okay,
0: good. I want to be well-actually.
1: So, dry hopping does not impact bitterness. Really? Um, early hop additions at the start of the boil impact bitterness.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Um, then in... So, dry hop additions are typically aroma-driven. That's, that's going to okay. drive a lot of the aroma, which also impacts taste, of course. So a triple dry hop would be, um, three different times while the beer is fermenting, they add in a bunch of dry hops and then let them soak and then take them out and then add more in and take them out and add more in. Um, so the bitterness actually comes from an early hop addition in the boil. So, okay. you know, in the first, you know, right, you know, kind of at the start of the boil. And so what do you see with a lot of these like hazy IPAs is they actually don't even put hops in at the start of the boil. And so you d- that's when you see those br- beers that have bitterness. And those are usually mo- almost exclusively dry hopped or late hop additions. So, um, so yes, uh, I don't mean to correct you. I just mean to teach you, I, Jeff. No,
0: I want to know. <laughs> I love learning, man. I dig it. I'm totally yeah. down with that. Yeah, at, so, at any rate, it's it's a delicious beer, so I'm very pleased that I have purchased it.
1: Very good. Is I'm it not hazy? Drinking it? Or is it? It a, definitely is. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's it's very hazy. Yeah.
1: Abomination's yeah. interesting. I they're distributed by Twelve Percent, which is like a craft beer distributor, um, which I thought went out of business, but that's what they're when I go to their website, that's what they say. Maybe the Twelve Percent came back um or I, I might be thinking of a different one um so uh that's that's why once you get ho- and they're 12 is kind of based around in connecticut where they are so if you get hooked on with them they distribute it nationally and i think that's why we get these abomination beers out here because uh, they're a distributor because i always find that interesting because they were like pretty yeah. new and then we had already seen them like in around here and they have because they have pretty yeah. um, they have pretty I mean, they're, they're out of connecticut so yeah yeah they they are north haven
0: yale they're a bunch of yalees up there
1: yeah um yeah so it's uh but their their cans are very um uh and yale's in new haven by the way um but that's what i said (laughs) this is in new haven north haven oh north North haven Haven.
0: oh damn it (laughs) is north haven near new haven I don't don't know. know. You were kind of, you were kind of in that area. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. Like, just like you're in kind of in the area of Idaho. Can you name all the Idaho towns?
0: (laughs) I mean, I know some, you know, there's a few, I mean, I covered some, you know, some uh, eight man football in Idaho when I was. So, um, so
1: North Haven is quite close to new Haven It's not like necessarily, it's not a suburb of it. It's like a small town that's about um, up in the woods. It looks like it's about maybe, I don't know, 60 miles away or something.
0: So, wait, so now I want to know like which town came first. Was it like North Haven first? And then there were a bunch of people up there who were like, fuck this place. And they went and like settled New Haven. Or was it like New Haven first because New Haven was the new version of the British one. And then those people were like, fuck this place. And they went and moved north and went, we're starting North Haven. I
1: I, I I gotta know.
0: I gotta know the answers to this.
1: I I think that your second one is right. I,
0: yeah, it's probably more likely. Uh,
1: but you know, I, who knows, you know, maybe try to look it up. New Haven was founded in 1701. North Haven is, uh, in the same county, population 24,000, much smaller town. It wasn't even incorporated until 1786. So, oh. um, much, much. So definitely an offshoot. Newer, that's like, you know, they, they they didn't even come about until after the Revolutionary War. What the hell kind of New England town are you? Like, <laughs> do you even count as a town if you didn't exist before no. the Revolutionary War? Like, that's embarrassing. No.
0: Like, I must be embarrassed. Yeah. What's wrong with you? This has been Geography Talk. North Haven, New Haven.
1: Different (laughs) place to live. One more. They do
0: have a historical society, though. I see that.
1: One more tidbit from from Wikipedia. If you're looking to move there, in July 27, 2007, Money Magazine ranked North North Haven as the 86th best place to live in the United States.
0: Woo! Print the shirts. Print the shirts. (laughs) 86th best place to live quinnipiac is close that see now you now i have figured that out okay right quinnipiac what are, they're a Miac school right i think i don't know you probably uh, yeah. previewed them no once upon a
1: time. they're i don't they're not a me or a, is mac? A, a mac a mac yeah i'm thinking M-A-A-C. the mac A-A-C. m-a-a-c yeah yeah um, that's what i'm thinking of so i was wrong it's only like 10 miles away from new haven i i had the um the legend on my map was messed up. I I, th- I thought these things were farther apart. Then I forgot I was looking at Connecticut, which is very small. Um, so yeah, that's very close. <laughs> They're only twelve minutes apart from New Haven to North Haven. Um, so you were pretty much right, Jeff. You know, it's just a pretty town, much. But, you know, it's an yeah. area. Um, that's close enough. So yeah, think of all these people. Everyone's learned so much about Connecticut you know geography today. <laughs>
0: This is geography and, talk, man. And dry hopping and everything. Yeah. We, are, we, we exist to serve and to educate. So, you know, staying true to our mission. Absolutely. I spend all day teaching. I can't, you know, you can't just turn that shit off. You know We're saying? lifelong learners. Yeah. Reflective and, you know, thinking about our practice and all that stuff. You know. Yeah. Anyway, what are you drinking? Probably so, something tasty.
1: So I'm I'm drinking uh, barrel aged as time goes by from Old Irving Brewing Company in Chicago, Illinois, which is uh, which is in Chicago. Um, it's not it's not in uh, North Chicago or South Chicago. It's it's in actual the city of Chicago. Um, and it is uh, a barrel-aged quad, Belgian quad, um, aged in J. Henry and Sons bourbon barrels. Uh, not a. I don't know who they are, but they sound. Yeah, awesome. not not a not a not a, a bourbon-ry, uh, that I'm. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's a a Wisconsin bourbon maker, uh, so maybe we can have some. When I go out for the uh, Wisconsin game, I can have some J. Henry and Sons bourbon. I'll have to look out, I'll be on the lookout for that. Um, probably can get it here too. Seems like you know bourbon. If you make it, send it everywhere. Um, but so yeah, this is aged in those bourbon barrels uh, for eleven months, and it's pretty tasty. It's ten percent, but it has a nice body. Um, you know, the thing happens when you barrel age a quad. It's a big, hefty, malty beer, similar, you know, in some ways to a barley wine, except for the yeast that is used. But then when you, you barrel age them, a barrel age quad and a barrel age barley wine are just kind of like close, like first cousins. They are very similar. And that is why I uh, typically, if I see a Belgian quad barrel age, I'll I'll get it just to try it, because I, I like barrel-aged barley wines a lot, and and so it's even got the color, you know, it's got the kind of, like, kind of rubyish color that a quad will have, uh, r- brown ruby color, um, but, man, it's got, like, great uh, kind of vanilla character from the barrel, um, and it's super tasty, and it has, for 10%, it probably drinks more, a little thicker than that, even, like, kind of, so it holds up to the barrel really well. Very tasty stuff. Um barrel aged as time goes by. Old Irving brewing in Chicago. We love Chicago. Um shout out Emma. Um
0: Yeah. Hi and, Emma uh,
1: and uh Sierra, but she doesn't she hasn't listened to this. Um and Emma's roommates, hi. Um uh they seem to know all about us as well. So um yeah. shout out to emma's roommates sierra and the other ones i'm sorry i don't remember the name <laughs> uh, names off the top of my head
0: i don't know all your names
1: um, i'm not even 100 sure that sierra lives with Emma. i i can't remember i'm now. pretty sure yeah i'm pretty sure okay yeah. emma's gonna yell hey at me. me um but yeah so hey i'm very excited to talk about basketball this week uh all told five basketball wins we will start with, like, really a, just a redemptive week all around for our hoops teams. Um, and we will start uh, with the men's team. Uh, they they hosted the mountain schools, and they beat the living shit out of them. And it was fantastic.
0: <laughs> like, yes, it was. <laughs> oh, my God. That felt so good. So good.
1: Yeah. You don't have to worry about... Uh, Losing
0: close games, if you just never let the game get close. That's the whole point. Don't let it get close and then you don't have to worry about it. You can't get unlucky if you win by 30 points, you know?
1: Yeah. So uh, start off with the, the Utah game on uh, Wednesday. God, I hate those Wednesday, Sunday. Like it's.
0: Yes. Uh, oh, it's bizarre.
1: I'm sure it's probably nice for the players, but. It, uh, maybe it's not, I don't know. Like it's, it's weird. Uh, I guess players are on the road for longer. That, that might suck. Um, yeah. Cal
0: Smith did say he prefers Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. And like, he was like, I just, I prefer it. You know, you just kind of like do the two games and you know, it's not, you know, stretching out the week and all the, you know, he said he thinks the players prefer it too. So for whatever yeah. that's worth. And and it's
1: just like from a, you know, fan attendance perspective, you got a a, a a middle of the week game and a Sunday night game, like and the the attendance, uh, w- you know showed that. <laughs> so, um, but hopefully maybe they can build some build some fan excitement with uh you know the way they played this weekend. Uh, so impressions from Utah, uh, they just you know they cut down on turnovers from the first matchup. I mean obviously they beat Utah by a bunch the first time too. But the first time against Utah they shot 40% from 3, they hit 12 of 30. This time they only hit 8 of 31. But they just dominated everything else. Yep. You know, Utah didn't get all the free throws that they had in the first game, which, which kept them alive, but the glass, man. That you love to see them dominate the glass like that. Like 44% offensive rebounding percentage, holding Utah to half that, 22%. That's what you want. That's shot volume. That's what we love. Yep. Shot volume.
0: Yep. That's. I mean, they they, you know, and we'll talk about Colorado, you know, in a sec. But you know, in those in those two games, they just outclassed both Utah and Colorado. Like it wasn't just a, um, you know, it, like uh, you know, we're We played at home this time. We lost on the road last time. Well, I guess we beat Utah on the road last time, but you know what I mean? Lost to Colorado. Um, you know, and even that game against Utah, you know, I think, I think we won by double digits the the first game, but you know, I mean, it was kind of nip and tuck there in the second half. And then we kind of pulled away. Um, this one was just like, I mean, anybody who watched these two games, you'd go, well, you know, this, this, this team is much better than, than those two teams. And, Um, You know, I think that's, I think that's what we want to see. Like they're, they're kind of, you know, they're putting it together, man. Like I, you know, I wrote, wrote a thing a couple weeks ago where I was like, yeah, they are absolutely as talented as we thought. They're just not yet as good as we thought, you know, because of whatever reasons you want to, you want to point to whether it's, you know, the disrupted practice time or inexperience or having, you know, two new ball dominant guards, you know, whatever it is, whatever you want to blame it on. Um, They just, you know, it wasn't quite clicking yet. Well, you know, I mean, this, (laughs) you know, this, this looked like, this looked like a team clicking, man. They, they look like a team that's, uh, you know, maybe potentially ready to go on a run. Now, some of that might be, you know, playing at home. I mean, they're getting ready to embark on a, uh, a pretty epic uh, run of road games against some pretty epic competition. So I guess we're going to find out, you know, Kyle Smith on his uh, coach's show last night said, you know, we're going to find out how good we are. (laughs) And that is, that is absolutely true. But, you know, for, you know, for a weekend, man, that, you know, that Utah game that, you know, he said shot volume, um, you know, turning them over and and rebounding and just, you know, just kind of playing their game and doing what they do. I mean, Utah was really, you know, I mean, they, they, they kind of maintained contact for a while, but you know, really it was, it was, it was pretty thorough domination for the most part.
1: Yeah. They really, so WSU dominated the middle 20 minutes of the game, you know, the end of the first half, start of the second half, um, that's really, they created separation uh, and then kind of coasted to the victory at the end. You know, when I'm talking about shot yeah. volume, so uh, WSU put up 34 twos and 31 threes. So they took 65 shots and 16 free throws. Helps when you make 15 of those, by the way. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And and then uh, and Bomba going five for five. That's great um and then Utah took 26 twos 23s 20 and 14 so they only had 46 field goal attempts WSU had 65 and two more free throw attempts that's because we we've talked about shot volume before they WSU had nine fewer turnovers and 12 more offensive rebounds that's how yep. you shoot 20 you know 19 more shots and two more free throws than the other team yep. and and you, I mean, we were they, only
0: we were only forty seven percent on twos, and twenty six percent on threes, and yet almost one point 1. one points per possession.
1: Yep, and so that's that. You know, there's there's different ways to skin that cat, and and this is kind of a more sustainable way is being good at offensive rebounding and being good at uh, turning the other team over um, and, and protecting the ball yourself. Those are things that are kind of in more in your control sometimes than shooting. Uh, shooting can be, you know. Obviously, we shot twelve of thirty the first time against Utah, and then eight of thirty-one this time. You know, it's uh, they, you know, Michael Flowers. So we'll talk about what he did against Colorado. Went one of eight from three in this game. You know, and and they won. You know, Michael Flowers went five points on ten shots. It, that's that's all he did, and WSU won handily against Pac-12 opponent uh, because they were obliterating Utah on the glass, even when Carlson was in and playing, just obliterating them on the glass and turning them over. Twenty-nine uh, percent turnover rate for Utah because this was, you know, it's kind of this team. You know, for a while I thought it was like the teams they were playing, but this is kind of just kind of a slower paced team at this point. You know, the, the WSU is not a, an up-and-down team, you know, despite the athletes they have on the team. They, they're just uh, – they're focused on defense. I think they might be uh, in the mode of saving some energy on offense a little bit sometimes uh, to make sure that defense works. And then uh, and, and they even the, – the, the crazy thing is how much they cla- crash the glass. You know, they're sending in usually three guys to the offensive glass – but they're still not giving up a lot of transition buckets, um, which is good to see. Uh, but yeah, the shot volume always makes me happy. Big believer in shot volume. And when you outshoot, when you get 19 more field goal attempts than the other team, and 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 still have more free throw attempts, that's a very good thing. <laughs> you know, uh, even yeah. when you don't shoot well, you you still have a good offensive day.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, it's hard to do much better than that, man. Like. <laughs> You know it's uh even when you don't shoot well and that's that's kind of the I think you alluded to that you know the magic of it when you don't shoot well you still you still have the opportunity to to put up a, a good offensive performance and um that's that's exactly we, what you got there
1: and we gotta talk about the the Campom MVP of that game was Andre Yakamowski and yes, it uh, was fifteen fifteen points, six defensive boards, two offensive rebounds, uh you know fifteen points on twelve shots. Um, one block, two uh, steals. No one turnovers. block, two steals. Those one block, two steals, and those defensive rebounds. Man, this this dude yep. is turning into a defensive player. Let's let's no. Let's talk about this Colorado game, which was some of the most fun I've had watching a WAC basketball yeah. team in a long yeah, time. Yeah. The, no.
0: the text I sent to my friend was, "This is basketball porn." Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like this is so great. Well, and this is so and, great.
1: And and Smith made the point in his post game presser is like yeah they were down a couple of guys and they were there down two key like starter rotation players um but WSU was is down you know deshaun for a long time like he's a 40% minute guy they were down tj bomba in this game um, who was a starter uh so it's not like they weren't without their players um but uh you know they still had evan batty and jabari walker but they just Oh, it was so nice to not be annoyed by Evan Batty. Honestly, he had just yeah. an awful game. Like, he was, he was, he sucked. Like, he did get some offensive rebounds. I was by but how like, little
0: he was involved. Like, yeah. I, like, I just, I expected, I don't know, like, like the way they turned the game around against us down there was by just him and Jabari Walker just asserting themselves, right? They're like, you know what? we're just going to attack and we're going to go right at you and we are going to be physical and aggressive. And, you know, just like, basically it was just, it it was really just sort of mindset driven. It wasn't anything special they were doing. They were just, you know, getting the ball and going to work. And it, it was noticeably weird to me how little those two guys did that in this game. Now I know some of it was, you know, WSU went, Uh, zone this time again and it was much much better (laughs) than last time um so that was part of it yeah but also just i mean batty especially just looked really passive like really passive and i'm just like like you you annihilated us last time like what kind of what are you doing like you know at some point you just have to take some shots right but he didn't and um I don't know, man. Colorado looked like they did not want to be there, which is weird. Um, They just looked like they were – and maybe it's the Wednesday-Sunday thing. Maybe they, you know, truly were just ready to go home. Like, I I really don't know. Uh, But they they really did look like they were just like, you know what? Can we just get this over with, fly back to Colorado, and just, you know, start over? Because this is – we're not enjoying this. Um, I I don't know, man. Whatever it was, um, it was fun as hell to watch because – you know they—they they were absolutely the Cougs were dominant, you know from start to finish. Um, really no lulls, really no down. I mean, honestly, the, you know maybe there was a little bit of a lull down the stretch, but you know also the referees blew about you know three different calls that should have gone our way and. Kyle Smith was working the officials and they're just like, man, what do you want? You're winning by 30 points. Why are you getting on us? Like, it's like, well, you know, because I mean, we've blown leads, man. We've blown. Yeah. 19, and these guys are, leads. you know, I mean, guys are in there trying to play, you know, DeWolf's in there trying to play Ryan Raps in there trying to play. I mean, you know, these guys want to play. So, you know, I, I think that, um, Utah even got some gifts to get it as close as, as 20. Right, so we're uh, coming, Yeah.
1: Yeah. But and then I talked about shot volume for the last game. But this game, no shot volume needed. They actually shot less than Colorado. Um, But they did they did win the rebounding percentages battle for sure. They were forty five percent on offensive glass. They had less offensive. See, this is why we talk about percentages because they had fewer offensive rebounds than Colorado. Colorado had fourteen. Colorado missed a lot more fucking shots. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, Colorado missed forty shots, uh, and WSU only missed thirty shots. So that that's when when you look at it that way. Well, yeah. So there was thirty uh, there was thirty r- defensive rebounding opportunities for Colorado, um, and there was uh, forty for WSU. I'm sorry, am I saying that right? Yeah, forty for WSU. Um, But WSU in their 30 opportunities uh, to get an offensive rebound got 13. Colorado in their 40 opportunities to get an offensive rebound only got 14. So they had 10 more opportunities, only got one more offensive rebound. that's why WSU's percentage is much better, 45% versus 35%. So you always want – you look at those offensive rebound percentages or you can look at the defensive rebound percentages, whatever you want to look at. I like the offensive rebound percentages because we're a good offensive rebounding team it's more fun. Yeah. but to see WACU, they're at forty-five percent. The other team's at thirty-five. That's good. You have the advantage in rebounding. Um, that's why you know total rebounding, uh, total rebounds can be uh, deceiving at times because a team is all, almost always going to the defense is going to have the the advantage on defensive rebounding opportunities. So if the other team's missing a bunch, they're gonna they're gonna rack up um, defensive rebounds even if they're not getting a good percentage of them. Uh, but here they they were able to get a good percentage of uh their own misses uh which kind of mitigated some of the you know lower than normal uh which i think you can attribute to that zone that they played quite a bit more than they they have this season yeah um that's where batty got his you know five boards and and you know honestly batty is a is a very talented offensive rebounder too um but it's you know fa had seven of those 13 like he was just causing havoc on the offensive glass. Um, yep. you know, flowers, One of his better
0: games in a while.
1: You know, And then after not shooting well on Wednesday, Sunday night, they came out and shot the freaking lights out. 56% on twos, 43% on threes. It, it, when you're playing, you know that's how you go 1.15 points for possession and turn the ball over 28% of the time.
0: <laughs> I know. They turned the ball over 17 damn times and still – uh, scored. 1. I think 1. like 5, I, I, I look, I look. crazy.
1: Splits on that. Like I feel like they got pretty. They started getting a little careless once they got a big lead. Yes. E. Like they were definitely. I think that's true. They were definitely trying to make some fun plays at times. Yes. Um. Uh. But they still held the foot down while doing that, which because uh, they were so dominant on defense, Colorado was ten of thirty-eight on twos, twenty-six percent on twos. That's just that's just uh, and then when the refs aren't calling every goddamn foul in the world, that helps. Yeah, you know, no one is foul that. You know, Gay still somehow got. We only committed thirteen fouls in the whole game. Gay was somehow (laughs) still in foul trouble when the refs only called twenty-four total fouls, and Gay got four of them (laughs) between both teams.
0: Still only played seventeen minutes. Yeah, didn't matter. Fa played fa played 25 you know so uh yeah no you know, one played only only
1: that. andre played over 30 because he's still yep. kind of in that but again for him 14 and 10 so he had a 15 and 8 and a 14 and 10 this yeah this weekend so
0: much of it for him is that positional versatility right i mean yep. he can play you know that four five or sorry the three four spot you know kind of swing back and forth and um give you great minutes in both of those spots. So, and as we talked uh, about he's, yeah. yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, we well, he's he's now twenty percent plus defensive rebounding percentage and and fifth, which just fifth overall impactful play. He's yeah. just turned into and then he's stealing the ball, he's blocking shots. Yeah, he he's just turned into a great defensive player, and then he's just burying shots that he didn't hit last year.
0: Yeah, I mean he is right now, you know, it seems like every year with Kyle Smith, we have a guy who just sort of like figures it out, you know, halfway through the season, and all of a sudden becomes, you know, really strong, really valuable, and, and starts playing, you know, just a lot better and becomes a guy you can sort of rely on. I would say, you know, last year Isaac Bonton, I think, fit into that category. He didn't have a great, you know, start to the year, and then all of a sudden he kind of got rolling and you um, became a huge difference maker. You know, to me, Yakimovsky's that guy this year. I mean, he is just – he has turned into a guy – who is a legitimate piece. And when you think of him being, you know, so close to leaving, it's like, wow. You know, you just kind of think about what was got. Now, if they had had Kim Aiken Jr., you know, who knows? Maybe Kim Aiken Jr. is so great that we go, ah, well, you know, we lost Yakimovsky, but that's fine. You know, but he's not here. Yakomovsky is, and Yakimovsky is uh, you know, turning into a honestly a great player. And, you know, I had huge hopes for him when they signed him. Obviously he was a really highly rated, uh, regarded recruit. Uh, you know, I always thought that he was, you know, had the potential to be a, a pretty devastating scorer. Uh, he's really, really good right now. And that's without being a devastating score. Now he's, he's a good scorer. He's a really good shooter. Um, as we've talked about the two point percentage has become something that is, uh, actually, you know, good, right? Like, so he went from last year. I think he made what? Did he make thirty percent? I think on I think his it was twos less last than that year, even. yeah, twenty nine percent, something was, like that. Yeah, twenty. And, yeah, just
1: re- round up to thirty. We'll get. We'll round yeah. him up to thirty.
0: Okay, so thirty percent. Well, this year he's making sixty percent, and forty nine percent,
1: forty eight percent this year. On twos. Oh,
0: sorry. All right, I must have been looking at something else. Anyway, uh, you know, he's he's made a huge improvement there. He forty eight percent is much more acceptable. Yes, it doesn't yeah. torpedo like you take, your efficiency. Yes, you can take I mean, yeah, you'd like it to be higher Maybe a little bit than that, but you know, you can take 50% and you can take you know, obviously take 45% You know on twos. I mean or on, on threes. threes. I mean, so yeah. yeah, so it's like I mean you take all that stuff. That's great and but it's that's not what's making him so valuable right now. What's making him so valuable right now is uh, you know, his defensive rebounding is through the roof and you know as as Kyle Smith talks about um he doesn't always get assists but he moves the ball like he he when the ball's in his hand he either shoots or he you know gets it to another spot where the ball can move along um he's not you know the ball doesn't die right in his hands when he touches it so um, you know, he just does so many things, right? He does so many things. Well, he hustles on defense. He gets his hands on a ton of offensive rebounds. He may not secure the rebound, uh, but he gets his hands on stuff. I mean, he's, you know, six, eight, uh, you know, solidly built. Um, you know, what is he? It says he's listed at two fifteen, right? So, I mean, he's, he's just a thick dude with broad shoulders. He, he mixes it up. I mean, he just is so all athleticism, really he can do that good. Well. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a really good all around player. And frankly, he is the kind of guy, you know, if he can do that for 30 minutes a game. Um, I mean, he, he can make a pretty massive difference. I mean, we look at the Stanford game that we lost. Um, he had his worst game of the year, you know, maybe that's different if he doesn't, um, you know, as we go down to the Bay area this weekend, like, you know, if he plays the way he's been playing, you know, I I mean, I think we're, I, I already think we're, Clearly better than Stanford, but you know that that would be the sort of thing that would be would have been a difference maker last time, can be a difference maker this time.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, we have to mention the one of the greatest possessions I've ever seen in all yes. of my basketball watching. Yes, so
0: it had everything. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> Tyro Roberts misses uh, transition three, and Andre tips, grabs the rebound, dribbles it out um Passes around, it comes back to him. He takes a deep yep. open three, misses it. Offensive rebound, back to him. Open three, misses it. It somehow ends up. Fa is laid on the ground. Ends up Lefe in his lap
0: is on the ground.
1: <laughs> ends the up in his lap. of that is he, so
0: great too because he, he's just he, like. The just, best offensive rebounder on the floor, and he's actually on the ground. And he still and gets it still somehow rebound. ends up in his hands.
1: He gives it back to Ty. Ty dishes over, third times the charm. Yaki, and then it was that put him up twenty-one. Like it, it was like yeah. that. That was like we got it. This is it. And some like, great show of over. emotion. I think it made it after th- that too. Yeah, thirty-seven, sixteen at that point. They were just totally dominating, and nothing showed it more than that possession.
0: Yeah. Like oh, yeah, we're he missing gave three, him a we good missed fist pump down the down yeah. the floor. We and... missed three damn
1: awesome. th- shots. I don't even know if it was a it was a miss three or not. I can't remember what the first shot was, but we missed three damn shots, and we still got three points out of the possession. Yep, yep. we got we got, we, it- got your, we got we got we had a beautiful possession. Like it's so it's so fun. Like I rewinded it to watch it a couple times. Yeah, like uh, it—it's it, such a so it just exemplifies like what this team is about. Like honestly, yeah. hoisting threes and getting boards, man. Like that's yeah. like right—that's what they're doing. And and like if you hoist enough threes and you get enough boards, it's gonna work yeah. out. So you know if that you, was you, the point
0: at which I realized Colorado was not coming back. Like they just. They they would have rather have been anywhere else, and you know you're just like man you can't like that kind of possession like, and it's not like the threes that we were taking were like super contested or something. They were not. They were all very wide open. Colorado was just kind of eh, <laughs> you know, and and I think that's you know Yakomovski missing a couple wide open, and then you know finally gets the third one wide open. It's like you know it, it was awesome. It was fun to watch realize, you know, Colorado's not their their heart's not in this, which was something that I was kind of worried about heading into the game because they um you know, they, they kind of blew the game against uh, against Washington. They they really, sh- you know, should have won that game on uh, on Thursday yep. or whatever, Wednesday, whatever night they played them. Uh, you know, and they kind of puked it up in the second half and Tad Boyle kind of read him the riot act a little bit about, you know, it was embarrassing in the second half or whatever and I just kind of thought, okay, well, <laughs> all right, we're going to get their best effort and they're really going to, you know, they're really going to, um, you know, bring it in this game and made me a little worried. And, and then, uh, and then they, they very much did not, <laughs> they very much did not bring it. Um, they never did bring it. And, uh, you know, at that point, you know, you're just thinking, yeah, give me, give me all the Ken Palm points, man. Let's go give, give them, give them all. I want them all.
1: So, Oh man, they got them. Um, also we gotta we gotta mention one more play from that game. I don't know what the hell Neek Clifford was thinking trying to dunk on FA. No, and, that was and, a bad idea. And just bad shows idea. the the shot blocking skill that FA has. He didn't go for the highest point. Clifford tried to no, pull he just the ball protected back. The rim. Tried to tomahawk, <laughs> and he just he just reached out and took the ball away. When he's yep. pulling it, but like his, his arms are so damn long, he just reaches yep. back and swats it away. That was a number nine uh, play on SportsCenter, uh, and they um, pronounced his name Abogedi. Uh ah. Not even sure how they uh, came up with that pronunciation. Fa uh, just commented, they just just can't get my name right, and it's been two years. Um, <laughs> but Abogade. Uh, yeah. that is not how you pronounce, uh, yeah, nor,
0: nor is there any, are there any vowels in there that would make you think that that's how you should pronounce like,
1: it, but are you combining Mohammed Gay and, and F.A. Aboghidi and you're making Aboghidi, you know, that, that's, that what, is, is that, is that what, is that what our uh, front court is called Maybe now? Maybe that's what it was. Aboghidi that you combine them to, you know, it's like a, it's like a power, a, a power couple yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what they were doing, obviously, you know? Uh, but yeah, so that was cool. Um, and then after that huge weekend, uh, obviously we love Kempom because, you know, I find it to have pretty good predictive value. Uh, they're now sitting at 35th, um, starting the weekend 51st, uh, jumped 10 spots on that Colorado win alone. Yep. And, uh, so that, that's exciting, obviously to, to get two wins. And then in the net, they're now 37th, which is a very solid place to be. Like, if you get a little bit higher, it almost becomes, it doesn't matter what wins you have. They kind of have to put you in because of their little ranking system they have. Um, yeah. Like, so that's what makes, you know, they're saying that 37th in net, that's what makes this weekend become super important. Because now they have shit to lose. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: well, and I mean, you keep and if you keep winning, you know the the net um, is and the their their quad sorting system and all that is really heavily weighted toward road games. Like yeah, absolutely. Like 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 to the point where it's like almost kind of insane how much more weight road games carry than home games, and so. Um, you know, you go down there and you beat Stanford, you beat California as you should. Great. And then of course you, after that, you know, you embark on, you know, the murderer's row, right? You got Arizona, you got Oregon, you got UCLA, you got USC. Like it's, I that is m- going to be I one, email, all on the
1: email. Kenny doesn't again. have the Oregon game in there yet.
0: Yeah. You know, but three of the four are on the road, I mean, it's uh it's, yeah, it's going to be rough. But I think, you know, if you win two of those, two of those four, I think you're feeling pretty good, you know I think I think all of a sudden you're you're and assuming everything else kind of goes according to what you think, which obviously is not the best assumption, but um, you know you, you it's all kind of right there for you. I mean we've talked a lot about what this team needs to do to get in the tournament and you know how things were looking at various points and you know it's kind of maintained all along as you know we said that um, there you know the opportunity is gonna be there. You know, they're just going to have to be able to seize it. And, you know, right now you go, well, it's there, you know, like uh, if you can beat two out of four, you know, Arizona at home, at Oregon, at UCLA, at USC, uh, you're probably in pretty good shape. So.
1: I think very helpful if they can uh, get a sweep this weekend uh, to set them up. Oh, yeah. Uh, That that'll put them, you know, that'll keep them in that mid 30s. Well, unless they just beat the hell out of someone, you know, in in that sweep, then they could jump even higher. But if keep stay in the 30s in the net, right before you're playing, you know, all those big games, then it just becomes we just need something on our resume, and then we are in. Because if you have the ranking, because right now, you know, you know, if, if we look at the women's team they in in Charlie Cream's projections and and he underestimated them last year he has them in the last four in and they're only 60th in that because yep. they've beaten Gonzaga at Gonzaga they've beaten USC at USC they they've got some some nice uh wins that you know they've beaten uh you know a, a you know top 60 team in in Oregon State so that they've got some like good wins in you know, Oregon State's another team that is trying to get in they're on the bubble as well so they they have some really important wins that, uh, you know, the men's team doesn't have. And so, but, but right now the men, what the men's team has in their favor is they have been able to blow out some teams and then when they lose, it's been close. So that's very favorable when you're looking at a a rating system like net or Kempom and it, and it's much more predictive, uh, you know, the point margin and stuff is much more predictive, of future uh, performance than just wins and losses Uh, wins and losses are still the ultimate bottom line here. And that's why they were in such a bad position before this three game stretch of of winning all three of these games, but they're in a better position now. They, they by not only winning these last three games and then winning the the next two, just so handily, they've put themselves in a much better position, you know, and, but you just got to keep taking care of business. Uh, you know, a, a sweep to Stanford would, you know, being swept by Stanford would not look good. Um, you know, it. Although, you know, I will say these are road games; they're not going to hurt. Like a loss here doesn't hurt like it did. Like the Stanford loss at home hurts a lot more than one on the road. But I do think they would look at a sweep by Stanford as kind of like indicative of that. Maybe they're not the quality that that we think or whatever. Um, you know, but but I the way they're playing right now, you just can hope that they can turn, you know, still beat Cal. Cal's not playing well right now. Uh, they had some, they had some success early in the season, but they are, they are taking and they they're trying to ugly things up and it is not working that well for them. Um, they've played some good teams recently and those teams have, you know, uh, beat them <laughs> uh, pretty, you know, pretty regularly um so i you know they they're on a, a long losing streak you know that always kind of makes you worry but maybe they'll pick off you dub and they won't be on a long losing streak after that but <laughs> um uh but yeah so it's they can you know wc is better than stanford they should have beat him the first yes. time they had to, yes. the, the only way they lost him is having like an inexplicable 12 minute scoring drought like it yep. just the the worst scoring drought like the, the worst 12 minutes of basketball they've played in their entire season they played against Stanford I don't see that happening again like Stanford's defense is not that good No um they're they're a good defense but they're not good enough to hold us scoreless no no defense should be good enough to hold us scoreless for 12 minutes and their offense uh you know they they, they did you know they held Stanford's offense down overall pretty well. Um, I, I think they could do even better. I, I I like their chances to turn this game around. You know, just make more shots to a few less turnovers, yeah. and then 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 you win. And it's not not a big difference from the first game. You just have to make a couple more shots or turn the ball over a couple less times. Like that's just that's it, and then you win the game. And yeah. I they they played so poorly. And it's kind of an anomaly, offensively, of the four get you know the you know call the, the five games that surround it. That Stanford game is like an anomaly offensively for this team, and I, I, I'm gonna lean on those other five, starting to Colorado, Utah, Colorado, Utah, and and then uh, and then also the other Cal game. I will lean on those being more indicative of what this team can do offensively, where they're over one point per possession for all of those games, and, and yeah. well over one point per possession for all those games. That's much more indicative of what this offense can do than yeah. than you know twelve minutes without scoring fifty-seven points on whatever it was, sixty-five possessions. That's just that's that's not them, and and I would be shocked if they did that again against Stanford's defense. Um, you know there there is a you know Stanford is a good defense you know an elite defensive rebounding team maybe that plays into it but also WSU in that game you know they didn't they 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 still were the better rebounding team they didn't rebound at their typical they didn't get the rebounds at their typical rate but they were still at 29% and Stanford don't usually you know averages 22% so they were still pressuring Stanford in offensive rebounds more than that, and you know they could do that even more. And and you know, so I, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I would be really bummed if they lose to Stanford again. Sometimes those those teams, but this, Stanford just doesn't feel like a team that has our number. It's like a yeah. team that got really fucking lucky against us. Yeah, and 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 I just, would uh, be it'd be real yep. frustrated if they did it again. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously agree with you, you know, Stanford, when they went on that run, it wasn't a, you know, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? I mean, it was, it was like, a, it wasn't a run where you're like, oh my God, we're just getting overwhelmed by talent. In fact, you know, like the fact that even though we weren't scoring, there was still a really long stretch where it was like, it, it took Stanford, I guess I, w- I would say it took Stanford, like kind of forever to catch up. <laughs> like, like, because, you know, our defense was still pretty good. Offense obviously wasn't scoring at all. Um, you know, th- there was never a moment where you felt like, oh, my God, this is, you know, this is the avalanche because they're just so talented. Like, that that's not a thing that you felt, I think, at any point during that. So, yeah, feel pretty good about going down there. Uh, man, if you can win, if you can sweep this weekend, um, all of a sudden you are, you know, 14 and 7 overall.
1: And 7 and 3. You
0: are 7 and 3 in the conference. Um, and again, you know, you know, having done it against, um, you know, not the best of competition in the conference, right? Like you will have played Arizona state and Colorado twice and Utah twice and Stanford twice and Cal twice. I mean, that's definitely not the best that the conference has to offer, but you've, you've certainly put some of the in subtext okay.
1: there, Husky fans that are, you're real excited about your yeah. Yeah. The Husky fans are excited about their results, right? The brakes, man. Exactly. We, we, we both have hell to come so
0: <laughs> yeah you know so but you still you'd like you'd certainly rather be in that position you know seven and three okay great that's awesome um heading into a stretch that's you know goes arizona arizona state ucla usc or sorry arizona oregon. arizona state oregon ucla usc at oregon uh, at ucla at Oregon, at, at ucla at usc like and at okay.
1: uw actually on yeah. the back of that.
0: <laughs> and then at Washington, although they're, they're probably they're going to be a home
1: game against Washington yes. in between there or home game against Oregon St- or, or an away game at Oregon state somewhere in there too. Yeah.
0: I I I, you know, it's a possibility you could have, you know, Oregon state at Oregon state on Tuesday and then, you know, Washington at home on Thursday and then at Washington on Saturday or Sunday. I mean, that would not be, that would not be a shock um, if they would do that with the schedule, but you know, you put it all together, and you go, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you certainly want to have some wins in the bank. That'd be really nice if you can beat, yep. you know, Stanford and and Cal it's a big and, weekend. yeah. So you you know you feel pretty you feel better about that, and and then if you can, you know, somehow beat Arizona and Arizona State again. I know I'm getting kind of kind of ahead of myself here, but you know, now all of a sudden you've won, you know, whatever that would be nine uh, seven games in a row, and you are nine and three overall and then all of a sudden you're heading to ucla and us or sorry oregon ucla and usc i keep looking at the ken palm page which doesn't have Oregon on it but oregon ucla usc you win one of those games on the road and pick yourself up a quad one win and you know all of a sudden you're you're know you probably solidly in third or fourth place and you know feeling pretty good about where you're at because I, I i still think this is a forbid league um, and I know that the NCAA committee, you know, technically does not look at standings, but at the same time, there's also, I think an element of, okay, this is the fourth place team in, in the league. And, you know, so I, I still think that the, the conference is going to get four. Well, I in. think
1: the fourth place is also important because you get a buy in the yes, that's in the Pac-12 huge. tournament. You yes. don't have to play, that's massive. you don't have to play a, a team that would not help you in any way you know, for, uh, you know, that would not help you towards it. You know, you'd get a bottom team that could potentially beat you, but also would not help you. A win doesn't really help you in your standing at all. It's one extra day you have to play in Vegas. So getting to fourth is so, you know, if you want fourth, you got to sweep this weekend. So it's, it's actually super fun, man. Like having like actual stakes midway through the, you know, this will put us about midway through the conference schedule uh, to to have these stakes like this. We haven't had this in a long time. It's just been like, oh, well, you know, if they win, it'd be fun type thing. But no, like, if, if you win these two games, you're setting yourself up for success the rest of the way. If you can, you, you're setting yourself up for those games against those better teams to matter versus just being, you know, Interesting matchups. They become like, if we beat Arizona, we would suddenly show up in everyone's tournament projections. Yep. So if we win these two games, if we win these two games and then beat Arizona, we will be in Joe Lenardi's tournament projection. Yeah. So that's that's where that's where the you know it's but you can't do it without stacking the wins that you should have, and so which we have not done for most of the season we have not stacked wins that we needed but it's still there for them it's still there for the men's basketball team um and so i'm, I'm excited uh should be a a fun and or frustrating weekend i'm very nervous for it i'm i'm no longer excited to watch cougar basketball i'm nervous again
0: it sucks <laughs> <laughs> i just said i'm excited know, it's but like it's I'm like nervous. the best feeling and the worst feeling right like you're like yes there are stakes Oh shit, there are stakes. Like it's, uh, it's different. I've just resolved to enjoy it. Right. Like I've just been, just gotta enjoy it. Um, I, you know, I think I've said this on the show before, but you know, maybe I haven't, I don't know. But you know, back in 2008, um, you know, 2007, 2008, the the second Tony Bennett's second season, um, you know, coming off the season before, you know, there, there were expectations, right. And you're like, I want the team to be, you know, whatever it is like. And so I just remember like watching all the games and and just being like, like every game wasn't just enjoying the game for what it was. Um, every game was in, was thinking about, okay, what, what does this do to our seating? What is this, what is this going to mean come March? And you know, it was, it was very late in the season before I finally just went, Oh my God, why am I like, why am I not just enjoying this? Cause this probably isn't going to last forever. And you know, shockingly it didn't last forever. <laughs> it was like, why didn't I enjoy it as much as I could when it was happening? Um, you know, so I, I, you know, I've really resolved to just enjoy, um, you know, what the team is doing, enjoy what they're, how they're performing. Um, Just enjoy it for the process that it is. And, you know, it's uh, try not to get too bummed out when the results aren't great. Um, And also just enjoy the hell out of the games that do turn out great. Like that, that Colorado game, Um, you know, just trying to like, I mean, it sounds super corny, but I'm just, I'm just kind of trying to be in the moment and enjoy the process and enjoy the fact that, um, you know, there are so many things about this team that we just have not experienced um in a long time. And you know, I just try not to let you know any level of disappointment over what I hoped they would be, um, you know overshadow what what they actually are. and what they actually are is you know a team that's still figuring it out, a team that's still really talented, um, you know, and a team that that still has you know massive, massive opportunity in front of them that, you know, I believe they can seize. Maybe they won't, but uh, but I believe they can and, um, you know, it's going to be real fun to to kind of go through this journey with them.
1: Yeah, and uh, absolutely. And you know what's even more fun is we got two teams that are kind Woo! of in the same position right now. They can play themselves into the tournament. They have big games every single week. And this week, WSU women's team really put themselves into the tournament conversation with the three wins that they got, starting with Oregon State. That was really the biggest game of the week. These are two bubble teams, and to beat the other bubble team, and to beat them like fairly decent, you know, it wasn't even. I, you know, they this this was finally a game where they didn't start out so poorly, and then had to, uh, you know, recover from a hole. They had the lead from the start. They extended it late. They they were able to, um, you know, just to to really be in control against another you know, equally matched, good team. And that was really good to see. They've now just, they, they've been rolling over Oregon State. They beat them last year, too, on the road. And uh, they're two programs that are kind of in similar places at the moment. And so it's cool to um, uh, see them beat them. Uh, really stands out from that Oregon State game and is now starting to become, you know, a regular thing, is uh, Johanna Tader is is really... Asserting herself as that second scorer on the team that we hoped she would be this year, and uh, and she you know she had 17 in this game on nine shots, three steals. She she's always been a good defensive player. 17 assists, five assists, uh, three steals, just all around game. Because Charlize had one of her worst games of her career, especially non-Stanford edition. Like three of 13, nine points. You know, that's a low amount of, you know, she was in foul trouble in and out. She only played 32 minutes, which 32 is a lot. But for her, that's about six to eight less than normally plays. Um, so, you know, to to have uh, Yo come in and have such a huge game and lift the team and then just balance, you know, Crystal had 11. Bella had 11. Uh, uh, you know, Ula had 11. So that, that was the big win. You know, I, I don't know if you got to watch any of it, Jeff, but it was really cool uh, just to see them kind of assert themselves in a game that was hugely important for both teams.
0: Yeah, I didn't get to watch it all that closely, but um, yeah, the result, obviously huge, um, which, you know, you, it was one of those games where you go, yeah, okay, good. That's a really good win. That's really nice. And also, if they screw it up against Washington, it will be meaningless. And so that was kind of, that was kind of my, my one eye toward, uh, you know, toward the, the double was not really a double header, but you know what I mean? Like the, the two game home and road back yeah. to back, uh, against Washington thinking, you know, it was a little bit more angst than anything else, you know, knowing that, um, you know, a loss to Washington is actually really damaging yep. and, uh, and they, they did their best to in the first game to, to, you know, make it as anxious as possible. But, um, you know, but they, they they pulled it out. They pulled it out. It was awesome.
1: So yeah, that that Friday game was. I mean, it's fun to blow out the Huskies, but to rip their hearts out yes. is even better. Because how often have they done that to do to us across all sports? Um, you know, came back, uh, Crystal and. Johanna played 45 minutes in this game. Uh, they did not start well. Um, had to, you know, come back uh, to take a halftime lead. They had to have a real good second quarter, and then UW just would not miss in the third quarter. 23 points by mid fourth quarter. WSC is down by nine. And then with a uh, you know when WC's trailing late with you know I think it was three minutes left, Charlize fouls out.
0: Yeah, and, that know, was after, the that was the point. After which it she had like, Justin,
1: yeah. so so she missed a couple free throws that could have tied it, and then she fouls out. So you are like, oh man, man Ula Matuga, man, just Ugh. she's been shooting lights out. Yes, but like shot of the year. I mean, well, yeah. Followed by what happened in the next game. But, like, but, but, clutch shot of the year. uh, Buried a three with 13 seconds left to tie the game, send it into overtime. And then they go into overtime. And without Charlize, you know, also UW had fouled out Nancy Mulkey, their massive six foot nine center. Um, And, you know, so they didn't have her. Uh, They also didn't have Trinity Oliver um but uh so th- so they were without some of their players um the backup to nancy mulkey who is uh darcy reese who's normally a very good free throw shooter shout out to her one of six really yeah <laughs> it helped the kids send her a,
0: we should send her a gift basket or yeah something.
1: so she's normally like a 75 percent free throw shooter she went one of six um was looking terrible out there uh um, I'm surprised to see that she actually went three or four from the floor. Uh, she, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So at only two turnovers, but she only played 12 minutes. She had two turnovers. Uh, but yeah, yeah. so it, it, they came back and without Charlize, uh, we able to win in, in, in the, in the, you know, you know, score 10 points in the five minute overtime, which is, you know, better than the rate they were scoring in the rest of the game. So, uh, yes. uh, just, um, you know, Ula making plays, uh, Johanna only only took eight shots in this game, which is crazy. Uh, it was a slow paced game. U Dub slows the game down.
0: Quite yes, a bit. they do.
1: Um, Bella had a just real bad game, um, but she came up with some big free throws in the in the overtime. Uh, went four or four, um, but she you know she was two or twelve on the field can not buy a bucket, but uh, you know she was playing great defense. That's been a, a you know, and she actually had a great block where it bounced off a UW player, and then they called it out on when WSU was trying to come back in the fourth. They called it out on Bella, and it very clearly hit off, you know, the the UW player on the replay. Um, and it, the funny thing is, like, I saw a a, pack, a highlight package from uh, Pac-12, and it was the weirdest highlight package I've ever seen. They showed a bunch of random shots from like the first quarter. And then they showed this block that Bella did, and then they showed the replay of it being called wrong, and then that was the end of the highlight. They didn't show the <laughs> shot to tie the game. They didn't show anything from overtime. Yeah, like, so the game ended right there. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, that was that was huge to not have that game ruin your season by losing you Dub, who is you know they're like in you know hundred plus. You know they're not as bad as they were last year. Um, but they, they're not, they're still bad. I mean, but they're still like last year they were like in the two hundreds in uh, net, but now they're, they're like a hundred, they're like around a hundred. Um, so they, they're just, uh, they're not, but it would have been damaging to lose them at home. And then you come back on Sunday. Uh,
0: tell me more about that game, Craig. Yeah. So I was like, well.
1: Well, I showed up about mid-second quarter. I'll tell you. Uh, so we went. <laughs> we, I did not know this. We we went, you know, up to brunch in Wallingford, and it was me and my friend Marnie, and, and me and my two kids. My friend Amanda was working. My friend Marnie and her two kids, and then my sister, and and my uh, niece, and so we were rolling deep with a lot of kids, and we went to brunch. And we got seated right away, so we were excited. We got there about ten fifteen, so we're like plenty of time. We're in Wallingford. It's only like ten minutes to go park and get into the stadium or yeah. get into the arena. So we order our food and we probably get our food around eleven twenty. And you know, having to you know shout out to our kids. They didn't get too restless waiting for that food. But kids don't eat that fast. So we had to kind of wait for them. Uh, so we, we, we showed up, I get texts from my friends. Why aren't you here yet? Cause right when Johanna hits the, you know, almost 50 footer yeah. at the buzzer in the first quarter, Yep. uh, to cap a, you know, cap the first quarter, um, which really is the shot of the year. Uh, that was, that's crazy. Uh, so, so I missed that in person. Um, Thank you. Uh, I, I I love Blue Star uh, in Wallingford. I know everyone's under staff now, so I hold no ill will. But that was more my probably my mistake by going to a brunch place on Sunday and expecting yeah. to get fast service. Um, uh, but but so I missed that. But once I got in, we had you know I had some you know friends. Brad and Brian were there, and you know and then Zane was there with his kids. And, and, you know, they had some other kids. I don't know where all these kids were. Um, Brett and Brian said they'd never been around so many kids because there was about 10 kids surrounding them. <laughs> but we had a, we yes, had a nice they little... Are, they are all
0: childless, so... We had a nice say. little Kook section
1: up where we were. There were some other Coug sections around. Um, but, yeah, so that, you know, once w, WSU started making... Went on that run to end the game. I think UW was up like 35 34 and then you know WSU ends up winning 57 43. So it was just so much fun cuz it was just there's nothing like a basketball run, man. When you're on yes. when you're when you're in the other team's arena and your team is running like because it, it's just good thing after good thing after good thing and they happen in in su- because basketball is so back and forth, they happen in such like in such rapid pace and the the refs weren't calling many fouls the refs, there wasn't a lot of out-of-bounds plays like this game was going so quickly yeah. so the good thing after good thing after good thing was happening and uh it was so fun we were just we were hamming it up dubs down screaming y'all and i screamed myself hoarse. i was hoarse the rest of the night it was so fun to watch you know you know so now i've went to three games at you dub In this, you know, uh, school year, uh, I went to the Uh soccer, soccer game where they totally obliterated them four to one and got up four, zero at one point Yeah, or three. And then the football game where they totally obliterated them. And then this basketball game where they just go on this run to end the game, just break their spirit. Like it's so fun. Like it, like you have to go to all the games. Apparently, uh, apparently them's the rules. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I plan on going to the the UW game um, in February, or, you know, the end of February, uh, so uh, you know the, the UW men's game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, hopefully I'm, I can keep my perfect record. I feel like I got to go to, some to actually, baseball. I might have to actually. I might actually have
0: to break. I I might have to break my. Or maybe you should. not Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. I don't know, man. Am I playing with fire here if I decide to go to that game?
1: I don't know, but uh, I'm not. I'm not last sure. time last time I went to UW for a men's hoops game was the last time we were allowed. Uh it was right right when right when COVID was about to hit. I think we were we were like talking about it when we were at the game, uh was that uh 2020 game. Um and that was fun. Uh, Bonton and and Noah hamming it up. Uh CJ. Yep. You know, so that was fun. Um was CJ? No. Oh yeah, that was CJ's last year uh so yeah um uh that was fun uh we had a nice cougar crowd for that too um so yeah it's it's so much fun to win at uw especially beating the shit out of uw like it's so much fun so and and then to see you know the um Uh, the team, you know, sing the fight song at the end and, you know, they're facing us up in the, you know, there's the kook fans below us. We're up higher and, you know, but they see us, they're pointing to us. And like, we're all, we're all singing the fight song. It's super fun. And and, like, it's just so fun to do it in that, in that place. Like, you know, you guys are so fucking arrogant and you just don't even think we're a rivalry. We're a little brother. Well, guess what? in almost every sport we've been kicking your ass pr- for this entire school year.
0: We and we are on the cusp of a second consecutive Boeing Apple Cup series trophy.
1: And honestly it's so much sweeter when there's a football win in there.
0: <laughs> yes. I mean we're really close to our second consecutive Yeah, win. I
1: think I think Sherwood did the math. Yes, he did. That if we win like if we sweep the basketball game, if we the sweep men's the men's
0: basketball games, it's over. It's over. We've baseball
1: it. doesn't even matter. I, is there an, is there like track do we play them a track too?: Yes so I, so yeah,
0: there's like there's a track component and so
1: and tennis, I'm sure we have, I don't think we've played them in tennis yet or have we I don't, Um, in rowing, I think there's rowing, but so all those spring sports, we'd already have it wrapped up if we can sweep them in yep. basketball won't matter and it even matter. like even if, if there's just one but if we don't make up one of the games I, I think we we still clinch it so yep um yeah which yeah fuck you, you dub yeah you absolutely fucking arrogant assholes. every day of the week oh my god it's so like doing i don't know like i feel like we the dubs down is like a pretty new thing but we it's fun we should always it's fantastic. do it's 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 amazing like thank you youths or wh- whoever came up with it uh there's the picture of Bella um from uh from the the game on Friday just like screaming with her dubs down like it's such a great picture um I, I love how the you know the the teams embrace it um it just shows like this this is important like beating this team is important yeah. and, to, and to beat the beat you dub twice in three days you know, I can't, that must have been a great feeling for them because it was a great feeling for me. And, and it was fun to see it in person and, and, and fun to like, um, take my daughter to a game again and, you know, just take her to any games. And, and so that, that's, you know, both my daughters, I guess, but you know, the, the, the 11 month old isn't really aware of what's going on, but (laughs) Yeah, but but I, I there was a bit there was a sometimes like what have I done because she saw Harry the Husky and she was like oh look and I was like no he's the bad one <laughs> no bad bad and then bad it of course dog. had to be like little girl cheerleader day so it's like all the little girls <laughs> and she's just like oh look at that I'm like oh but they're wearing purple no. purple's bad purple's oh, gross yeah <laughs> I, I texted Amanda I'm like I think I've made a mistake <laughs> But then the Cougs won, and like they were yeah. dominating at the end. And she saw how happy Dad was. We were the yeah. red team, as she said. We're the red team? She's like, which team? Are we the red team? Yes, we're the red team. You know, it, we can't get into crimson. quite yeah. it's, it's 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 too early. Red is good enough. Um, yes. Uh, so, but that's confusing to her because then if we played at home, we'd be the white team, and then they would she or the or the anthracite slash gray team. So that would that'd be confusing. So I have to kind of. When she sees, but I've noticed she pays attention on TV sometimes now too. Um, She actually sees what's going on. She still has no idea what's going on, but I think she knows that when Daddy's happy, something good happens. So, and when Daddy's mad, something bad happened. Uh, So yeah, that was cool. Um, And now, yeah, uh, the uh, women's team is a sixtieth in net which is obviously not nearly as good as the men's but also they probably are in a better place than the men are because of uh the win over gonzaga at gonzaga the win over usc at usc those are both i think quad one wins um and those quad one wins are like gold uh and let's see they got they're going at the at the mountains this week let me let me see real quick what uh so colorado that's a tough one there, thirty-four. Um, so that's not really a loss that can hurt you, but it's a win that could help you. Um, and then uh, Utah uh, is not good. Uh, they are no Utah's even better. They are uh... so yeah, this is a tough weekend. So you got uh, you got eighteenth in net and thirty-fourth in net. So. Not a weekend that can that will necessarily like derail your hopes, but if you can get one, and they got Colorado last year, and that turned out to be one of the wins that got them into the tournament. So if they can get one of two this weekend, like they're going to be in a very good place,
0: yep, yep. And I, you know, at the risk of uh reading too much into any one individual result, like that, that first win against Washington, the one in Pullman. I, I don't know, man. It kind of felt like a turning point to me Yeah, thinking about their season. And I mean, they just, you know, have relied so heavily on Charlize, right? Like they are just like, they, like anytime they need a bucket, anytime they need someone to break a streak, any, you know, really, they just, they look to her, right? For good reason, because she's incredible, but you know, with her fouling out, it was like, okay, well, you know, what's gonna happen here? And you mentioned, you know, Tadair, and um, how much she has sort of, you know, come around as another reliable scoring option. You mentioned Ula, who has um, added a three-point shot that's, you know, a true weapon, right? Like, she is she is now able to space the floor and punish teams from beyond the three-point line a way she wasn't able to last year. Um, to just and i know they got a healthy assist from washington with the missed free throws so you know whatever but uh, free throws are part of the game they they indeed they are and you know we were able to take advantage of it when washington missed their free throws like washington had a ton of rebounds right they had i think 18 right offensive rebounds in that first mat first yeah, game
1: and they um, did not do that so. but
0: you know they you know we were able to get uh you know some rebounds when it mattered we were able to get it to overtime Uh, all of that played without, uh, Charlize and, um, to, to be able to come out with the win again, you know, we're fully acknowledging Washington isn't that good, but you know, it's a rivalry game. They're fired up. They're trying to get a win to turn their season around. And, you know, you you do it without your best player. Um, you know, it it just sort of felt like they were like, yeah, you know, we can do this. And then, you know, that confidence carried over into Saturday. I mean, you know, they or Sunday, they were. Um, you know, really threatening to run away with it in the first half, and then Washington kind of closed on a run uh, at the end of the second quarter that made it, uh, you know, that made it closer than it than it was. But um, in the second half, they pulled away, and you know, it just it was clear who the better team was. And um, so we'll we'll see how much that plays in when they start, um, you know, taking on you know some of the you know upper echelon teams in the conference, but. Uh, you know, getting these three wins in a row is is real nice. You know, there there is some value in separating yourself from the other contenders. Not necessarily if you're, you know, one of the best in the in the league, but to feel like okay, we are at least separated from them. You know, Colorado was one of those games for the men where it was like okay, you know, the resumes at this point aren't all that different. Um, so then you go out and beat the shit out of them by 30 points. It's like okay, all right, you know, it's like. Uh, well, I think now we have a pretty good, uh, pretty good sense of which of these two teams is better. And uh, you know, I think that does matter. And, and, you know, so to, to beat Oregon state and then um, you know, sweep Washington, I think just says, okay, you know, this is the level we're on. And uh, you know, th- those are the kinds of things that I think, I think the committee looks at, they, l- they look for ways to uh, distinguish you from other teams. And yep. uh, I think that was a great weekend for both, both squads this weekend.
1: Yeah. And then, Hopefully for uh, the women, they get that Oregon game rescheduled at home. That could be a big opportunity. Oregon is, uh, I think, number nine in net. So um, that's just like a signature win opportunity. Um, So hopefully they can get that rescheduled for them. So they have them. They have these this weekend. A lot of quad one opportunities. Colorado, Utah, if they can get the Oregon game at home rescheduled. Arizona coming to WSU. Arizona State's another bubble team is coming to WSU, UCLA is a bubble team coming to WSU. USC is a you know a top fifty-ish team coming to WSU. So they have a lot. You know, then they play at Stanford. I, I'm, that's an L until further notice. But like, they're, uh, you know, if they they're going to have a ton of opportunities to build their resume in these next few weeks, much like the men, yep. both teams. So these are this February. I you know I saw uh, Bryce said something to me like. This is either going to be the best month of my life or I'm going to be super miserable because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, uh, you know, obviously Bryce uh, works for the team and then uh, obviously a huge men's team fan. But uh, but like he works for the women's team, huge men's team fan. But like so both of our basketball teams um, have huge opportunities this month coming up that are literally going to make or break their season. And hopefully it's fun like because that's that's what we're looking at for the next four weeks you know that is just big ass game after big ass game after big ass game and and if they, we can rack up some wins they'll be they'll be playing in uh in the tournament so yeah, yeah. This is what you want right yeah shit dude we're almost we're at an, an hour and 50 minutes almost um <laughs> yeah so uh I guess that's as time as any uh, to uh, say, hey! If you want to uh, follow uh, Jeff on Twitter, he's at Pod versus Everyone. Me, I'm at the Craig Powers at Craig W Powers on Instagram. Uh, I threw a dubs down photo on there for you if you want to see Hell that. Yeah, um, yes, you did. Uh, and then. Uh, uh, what do you use uh, Sarah's account or something? How do how do you how do you see it, Jeff? Do you have an account? I don't even know.
0: I I do, but I don't I don't visit it very often. Sarah usually yes. Sure Sarah's do. usually the one to let me know that something has happened. Oh look, Craig has posted whatever, and I'm like, oh yeah, look at that. So that's it's usually how it goes.
1: We have an email. It is uh, podcastversuseveryone at gmail dot If you have questions um we got a really good question from ben and ben we are going to do that uh the snake draft of the teams uh we will do that but we obviously don't have time to do that um so yeah send us questions we will answer them um and then uh yeah i'll say uh, go coops
0: yep go koops, great black lives matter
1: black lives matter
0: and get vaccinated
1: Get back.